0: is going for an internal journey into ourselves and acknowledging that despite the external environment that we're constantly interacting with. Almost we have this um, predisposition towards experiencing life through the way the world turns around us. But... Exploring our own internal reality, what's going on inside of us is not a necessary part of of our days. And arguably, not going for a journey into our internal selves would be a dramatic loss. So, we studied previously the power of silence and solitude. And then not only do we need to be able to restrain the incessant chatter that comes out of our mouths, but in doing so, we deepen our perspective of life in all its dimensions, simply by learning how to keep quiet. Because as we keep quiet and slow down the pace of our speech, we start to create space for contemplation, internal reflection and when the words are not simply jettisoned from our vocal cords through the passage of our mouth but are measured and weighed so we almost speak from a much deeper place. And just think about that how even that small little silence contributes, contributed so much to the depth of what we're discussing. So it could be we're a drop overstimulated and we're overspeaking. And the time to explore the world of silence, which is the world within, has come. Let us proceed. Follow me. This En if you go to the top of the page of uh Kuf Aintes, Enkandibre Chasidut. When we speak over here, we're not referring to this uh, power of solitude and silence is not some kind of pious and only saintly behaviour that is for the few elevated ones amongst our people. Any person who is emotionally healthy and together and socially integrated, It should be a natural yearning and feeling for a person, even though we're socially integrated. We're not running away from social interaction. We enjoy the company of people. We're emotionally together and sound. We feel an imperative we feel a, a, a compulsion to go and spend some time by ourselves. And if we don't answer the cry from within to spend this time by ourselves, we're actually causing serious damage to our own internal beings. From the solitude and silence is able to flourish The power of thought and insight. The capacity to really get deep insight begins to strengthen. And the trivial distractions, those really paperweight thoughts, which sometimes keep us so preoccupied, but when we go into them, they disappear. Like fluffy clouds in a summer sky. <coughs> and by having that level of depth of perception, we start to use the power of wind. There are four basic elements that we describe our personality divided amongst them. There's the power of earth, the power of water, the power of wind, and the power of fire. The four Yesodas. The four elements, the primary elements. And each one has a different connotation, a different power. The power of wind is the power of speech. And we want to use it in the proper place. We want to be it's the movement, the movement of self. It's as deep. In Hebrew the word ruchniut means spirituality, but really means windiness. The Ruach is a spirit, but really it means the wind. Because if you note the relationship between wind and trees, the trees are stationary until the wind moves them. So the moving component, this power to, to, we even use it when we're emotionally shifted, we say, oh, I was moved by that. Move me. So actually, the power of movement is deeply expressed in words, the power of words. And the words become, not only physically, that the words are generated by the out-breath. If you can't breathe, and if you don't have internal wind, so then you can't form the words which come out of you. So the real, the real element of, of wind is the, the power of the breath. And the power of the breath generates speech. So really wind and speech are interconnected. And therefore if we're trying to seek a way of making the perfect internal wind force, it revolves around deepening the kind of words that that wind is generating outside of our mouths. And then you quote... um, and place in substitute for the excess of your words,, the lengthiness of your thoughts, thoughts,, and the consistency of your contemplation,, and your self-reflection. So instead of speaking, without reflection instead of those all those words that are just popping out your mouth nonstop, stop step back contemplate reflect and introspect and then speak just going to go a bit further in these texts and then we're going to stop and we're going to reflect and go back so, so bear with me just for another few moments if you can if that's okay for you are you bearing? What kind of bearing are you? Bearably. Ball bearing? Bearing C?
1: Bearably.
0: Bearably? Nice. I like to have a selection of bearingnesses around us. Unbearable? The great bear. Lulay Halayla! Would it not be for the night? Would it not be for the night? We would never know that there were stars in the day the sun is so bright it hides the stars from our eyes when the light of the sun is shining our attention gets drawn towards the world around us the world of physicality and materialism but when the sun sets and darkness Descends upon the earth. But when the sun sets and darkness descends upon the earth, we have insight that we can look up and see the stars, and this opens up to us new horizons almost infinite new horizons. We see galaxies we see stars, we see planets and a world that was absolutely invisible, inaccessible suddenly becomes visible and within our reach And it's no different in your own internal world When you are amongst people It's like when the sun is shining You get drawn into conversations you get distracted by all the people around you it's about in that moment and all these thoughts and fears and and assumptions and affirmations going on in this moment we're so concerned that there's no space and time we're so distracted by the stuff around by the external environment we're constantly being in the flow of our different character traits pushing us and pulling us feeling bad towards one person warm towards another and that kind of emotional flux is ongoing and ready extremely, extremely all-encompassing. And also your mind is preoccupied with sorting things out in the practical world. If it's catching a bus or closing a deal, it becomes very outside focused. In the world of the sun, this world of the sun is the world of being in and in amidst the day-to-day road of life. But when we take a step away from the busyness of social interaction and the people around us, we start to find the internal heavens inside of us. We start to recognize that within our own selves there are galaxies an entire spiritual space opens up for us. We start to see distant worlds, sparkling like stars. And we feel a sense of oh, awe, sense of love. We felt a sense of sanctity and kindness, love. But had we not had that time to go and explore ourselves, we wouldn't even know they existed. To would be like the stars in the skies. Without the darkness, they are invisible. When we're preoccupied by our world, and now let's make this even further. This is written in a time before technology. And the only place you could be would be amongst people. But now even when we're alone, we're amongst people. We're not alone we're still distracted. Our minds and our beings are taken to places a thousand miles away. Not only are we not communicating with a few people around us in the room, we're communicating with thousands of people around the globe. And our internal energy becomes dispersed so dramatically that the internal focus is almost inaccessible. And therefore, there is no day and no night with our constant preoccupation, searching out for the likes on our social media and becoming trapped in a world where we've lost ourselves in the face of our preoccupation with the other, but really not checking in and finding that internal world, an internal galaxy of depth and beauty and profoundity call out to the heavens and to the earth to do judgment with them the Gemara Sanhedrin explains this when the verse says call out to the heavens it's referring to the soul the deeper inner essence of the person and to the ground to the earth that's a reference to the body the heavens the space where the stars are of the internal person, that's the soul. And the ground is the body and the powers that drive it. If you really want to see the heavens inside of yourself with all the mighty stars and planets, appeal the Shah Darken for a moment your preoccupation with the world around you find some solitude. and you'll find inside of yourself loftiness, purity, kadusha, sanctity,. and you'll start to feel a taste of eternity. Suhi. this is solitude. Powerful words, powerful guidance. And what we're gonna do about it? Most well, probably nothing. <laughs> Just like read it and say, Oh, that's like it'd be such a cool thing to do. I'd love to do that. Like it'd be so cool to like oh, do that and I'm gonna do that. For sure I'm gonna do that. When are you gonna do it? Sometime I'm gonna do that. Where I hey, know, sometime. Next week I say, So did you do it? <laughs> you have time to do it? The <laughs> but the so most important thing, speaking to myself. Oh, so do you do it? You know, you're giving this whole So do you do it? Uh, do you do it? <laughs> and I speak about it. <laughs> I believe in it. I preach it. Do you do it? So you do it. And <laughs> I run away from it like the plague. Why? Why am I so scared to go see myself? There's always time to do it, but there's always something that just comes up Just as just, just I'm about to do it So I'm about to go down to the little cave that I have at the bottom of my building and isolate myself in darkness and just introspect Something else comes along and says, come here my friend, follow me It's almost as if there's a petrifying fear about self-reflection I don't, I don't know if any of you experience that fear So that's one thing we have to explore. Where is that fear and how do we overcome it? And the next thing we have to explore is sometimes we can be alone but our lonely being alone and being isolated doesn't feel like he's talking about. It's almost it feels further from ourselves. Sometimes people get so down and depressed that they have no energy to interact with people and they just want to sit in their bed or lie in the bed and never come out. And that seems to be a very different kind of being alone than this being alone. The kind where we reject and can't even conceive of being around people. That aloneness seems to be of a different ilk to the one that's been spoken about over here. It's interesting that he almost adds as a preface to this kind of solitude that we're talking about a person who's content, integrated, and socially fulfilled, he's enough, so He's completely healthy, then this type of solitude becomes productive but when a person is fleeing from interaction with others, seeking to escape and to bury himself underneath these pillows, so then that's a very different kind of being alone, a very unhealthy kind of being alone and we need to explore that as well but just before we, we move on I'd like to Stop for a moment and ponder. And take any questions if there are about what's being discussed. And we have a question from Sasha. One of his three question quota for the day.
1: Yes. Um, so I, I think you brought this up earlier, where one of the reasons why people don't do this work is because it can be like very almost scary to kind of face yourself, and like look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you're you're not where you want to be or that you're not. You hold yourself to a, I don't know, higher standard Or you're at least not happy with who you are And that that discovery process can be very scary Um, How does one get over that fear to do this type of work? Assuming once again that they're healthy So let's
0: go, let's not speak about one And let's not speak about you Let's speak about Sasha and I Meaning I, (laughs) Sasha, am scared to be by myself because so maybe I feel that I am not living up to what I could be doing and therefore I want to avoid that because I will be disappointed where I'm at
1: correct like I I did this like for a short period of time and I was very uncomfortable like, beautiful I don't, I, don't, I don't mind talking
0: beautiful it, good because I haven't kind of given you a choice so we're drilling down <laughs> into yes. okay it's part of your quota allowance even though you're allowed to ask questions but then you get drilled at <laughs> so let's begin the drilling process so here you are so now, you feel that if you'd start to examine yourself, you'd start to see all these like horrible things about yourself. Like, well, non-negative things. Yeah. Negative things, like, oh, I could be doing more, what am I doing, and you dart, and all these other things. Sure. Okay, so what would be like this? I mean, we could, we could practice this, so we can do this. So, what would happen when you just sat there with those negative feelings and the negative feeling said something like you know you're really not worthy you know you're really not good enough, you know you really actually should be doing way more than you're doing and in this moment you're just lacking and not enough and you just be sitting with that feeling and you may want to say to that feeling something like well what makes you say that? what makes you say that? and the feeling would say well you could be doing much more. And then you may say, Thank you. Thank you for that vote of confidence in my abilities. And that feeling may say, Well, why aren't you doing much more? And you'd say, I mean, that's a good question. I think I'm actually trying quite hard. And the feeling would say, I know you are. And you say, Well, I really am glad that we found each other, because I think we need to have a chance And the feeling would say, Well, what about? You say, Well, I know that you believe in me, don't you? Oh, of course, that's why I'm pushing you. Well, sometimes the way you push me just makes me feel worse and actually holds me back and makes me scared. I actually don't want to do more because I feel like you'll just say to me, you failed. And therefore, sometimes I feel that your prodding and pushing me is actually holding me back from being something more than I could be. Ooh, says that part. I didn't realize I was doing that to you. I was just trying to help. I know you were. That's why we're having this chat, aren't we? Yes. 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 Well, how about this? I'm listening, says that part. How about this? How about we collaborate instead of fight? Well, how do you want us to do that? Well, how about when you prod me to do more, first affirm where I am right now. And say to me, you know you're doing great. And I've seen how great you've been doing. You you could do even better. I just think that may make it a little bit easier for me. And the part would say, oh, for sure, that sounds like a great idea. Maybe.
1: So, quick follow up on that.
0: No, that's two. You can't call, you can't kind of like kind of wrap it up in the follow up. Go on. So, I'm.
1: I'm taking this from a perspective of like someone who hasn't done this work before and like if like that obviously that's a that's a wonderful answer that you gave but for someone who's never done that before taking that part and then kind of questioning it can be difficult like what Mm. question do i ask what happens when the thing that i hear makes me feel uncomfortable how do i not let my emotion kind of get the better of me and then make me run away like how how do i fight like beautiful
0: me. beautiful so that that's going to be that's going to be like any any early explorer it's going to be it's going to be well let's let's go there and see let's just go there Gavi um, so 2.0 this, this other voice this that, let's say like your conscious maybe your conscience or something like that um, it is still you at the end of the day so you can have a conversation I can have a conversation with it as much as I want uh, and I don't know maybe ask, ask him nasty to um, you know be a bit more nice sometimes whatever it is but at the end of the day in those moments of like heated emotion or mm. stressful times mm. it's still you at the end of the day so you're not going to think back to that moment. Okay, good, 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 good. So, so, I would like to, I would like to, I would like to give you a whole new, right now, right now, I'd like to give you a whole new thing. Like I'm about to give you a gift which is huge, it's huge, I it it's huge. It's not you, and this is how it works. Yes, it is you, but it's not you. I'm going to give you a model of the Psyche which is going to liberate you from being, what, what you're describing is you get flooded. This is how the model of the Psyche works. There's a part of you which is pristine, connected, has foresight, doesn't get swayed by emotion. He's always like, calm. And the other parts of you, which are quite the opposite, very narrow, short-sighted, um, really only see themselves, Focus on a particular thing in a moment. And those parts are, let's call them, on the external orbit of self. This is in the center, and these on the external orbit. And they're there to make us as an entirety, me, the inner self and the outer parts, a workable entity. So they've got a job to do. They have to keep you up and running. They've learned from experiences, generally from a very young age. Most Pro prominently from the ages of zero to seven, how to make you survive in the world. So, they've got all these tactics and strategies. So, let's say when you're three years old and you were in kindergarten and there was a, a big kid that kept on stealing your lunch. So, you needed to have someone to defend you. So, there's, there's at that point in time a part of you developed to create the because vac- you felt vulnerable and scared and and under threat. So there's a part of you that learned to retreat and hide. And when confrontation would come around, he'd literally run and hide in a corner so that he wouldn't have to face the big bully. Now that part of you doesn't get updated automatically. So as you move forward in life, it manifests in different ways. It won't be a bully trying to steal your lunch. It will be a person that tries to confront you. And you find yourself, instead of seeking confrontation, totally avoiding it. It's that part. That part's trying to keep you safe. Difference is, it's not helping, and it's not helpful for him to do that. So when you come in from the perspective of self, and you go to the part and you say, How are you helping me? He says, I'm keeping you safe. And you say, You are keeping three-year-old Gabby safe. How old do you think I am? The part will probably say, Three. Or four, or seven, or ten. You say I'm actually now a mature adult, and I know how to deal with confrontation, and I really appreciate the work you've done for me. But watch this. I'm so solid that if someone comes and tries to take my lunch in any way, I can stand up for myself. I can tell them not to, and if it really comes to it, I can fight. And when they little part, when that part say, oh, okay, well then, what do you want me to do? And then you can retask him. You say I'd really like you to, to help me in this area. I'd like to I'd like you to help me um be more concerned about other people who are being victims to help them out. And he could do a great job. And in that way, what happens when we say, Oh my gosh, but it's all me? What happens is when that part feels very threatened, he floods out, floods us, and so that calm essence becomes dormant and he has no access and when the part calm essence becomes dawn, becomes completely subsumed in that part and there's no longer, well, there's me and there's this part that's angry. It's I'M FURIOUS! that means I've been taken over What oh, I'm scared! I've been taken over <gasps> I'm so anxious! I've been taken over and the minute you use the word there's a part of me that is you've already created space for self so even just the language of there's a part of me that is is extremely helpful because so then you can reorientate in self wow. power no it's game changer okay. game changer yes it's really but is there not a possibility that a person who's not experiencing past will just misinterpret them wrong or get things completely wrong if he misinterprets them wrong that's okay because that means he's getting them right those double negatives really work well <laughs> <laughs> good but what if he misinterprets them right that would be a problem <laughs> So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like life, isn't it? You just probably have to like fail to succeed, don't you? Like you can't, you can't start off like being a super success. Like when I started off doing this thing, whatever the thing is, I'm not sure it is. Do you think I was as successful as I am now? I don't know because I know what it is. <laughs> you got to get, you got to, you got to, you got to do it. You got to do it. Imperfect action, imperfect action. Fail quickly. Go fail quickly. That's how you grow, just keep on failing. We're gonna we're gonna maybe be going now into into a loving pain. Probably, and again I'm not masochistic, but loving pain is is an underrated attribute. Um, so we'll we'll segue into this and we'll explore it. We are wired to avoid pain. So, pain is at the edge of our comfort zone. The edge of our comfort zone, the thing that stops us from getting out of a comfort zone, is pain. Because to break through the comfort zone will require pain. Uh, whatever, the, whatever the comfort zone is, the comfort zone is, I'm the kind of guy that needs two pillows. So when I get one pillow, that's painful for me. So when I break the physical comfort zone, it's going to be painful for me. The emotional comfort zone is I don't like speaking to strangers. So there's a pain of speaking to strangers. And there can be quite a physical pain. If I'm playing a sport and running into the defender will be painful, so then I won't run into the defender. Now, what would happen if I fell in love with pain? And instead of trying to avoid pain, I start to embrace pain and seek pain. Whoa, that would be a game changer. Because the comfort zone is another way of saying the living dead. When you're in your comfort zone, it means that you're trapped in an invisible cage that you can never escape. And breaking the comfort zone is embracing the freedom of self, the boldness of greatness, and the courage of transformation. But the price I pay is pain. So now, either I'm going to try to avoid pain, which means I'll avoid change, which means I'll be trapped in my comfort zone forever, and keep on walking the trail of the living dead, day after day, year after year, decade after decade, reproducing the same old thoughts, with the same old habits, with the same old, same old, same old, same old. old. Or, I can learn to love, to love the pain, and then there'll be nothing that will hold me back. I'll transform. Completely. Always. Because I'm enthusiastic. Where's, where's that next painful interaction going to be that I can seek it? So that's something we're going to be exploring together, tomorrow, with the help of Hashem. Amen. Join Click the thing. Click it, click it. How's (coughs) it?